Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just Dow It, the podcast for people starting DAOs. I'm Adam Miller, and I'm your host. I'm the founder of MyDAO, which provides legal entity solutions for DAOs. And prior to starting MyDAO, I did consulting for people starting and operating DAOs. This is the first of two episodes this week. As always, today we will cover recent DAO-related news with our guests, and then later we will dive into a deeper interview with him. The guest this week is Jakob from Pando. Welcome, Jakob. Hey, Adam. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. For sure, for sure. So for a brief intro, uh, before we dive into the news, would you please let us know uh, just a brief introduction of yourself and in particular, what makes you an authority on DAOs? My name is Jakob. I co-founded Pando, Pando DAO, which is a collection of, in my opinion, some of the greatest African entrepreneurs, um, really building organizations, solving Africa's problems. Um, I also co-founded Parity, which is a startup. It's a marketplace that's connecting entrepreneurs to capital and full-time talent. So my experience on DAOs and where I'm getting um, more and more confidence on uh, you know, inviting other people to launch their own is this that I think it allows you to unlock the true potential of community efforts. Um, I've never seen anything that actually allows you to, in a pretty meritocratic way, you know, reward everyone that's involved, be transparent in how you um, conduct yourselves, and also be able to have everyone's buy-in and be able to move rather quickly. Um, I've just never seen organizations like that in the past. So not an authority on it, but I'm learning every day and really, really enjoying the journey. That's awesome. And I'm going to give you credit for being an authority because you've started and helped lead a very successful DAO. And compared to most people in the world who haven't even heard of DAOs, you are an authority. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so with that said, let's turn to the Just Dow It News Report, where I will summarize this week's stories for the audience and for our guests. And then we will share our reactions. Do we agree or disagree with the authors? And what do we think is relevant about these stories for people starting DAOs? First story of the week is from Aragon's blog. is by one of our favorite authors, Samantha Marin. And the headline is, The future of DAOs is powered by artificial intelligence. AI can enable DAOs, but DAOs can also enable AI in an unstoppable feedback loop. Get to know AI DAOs. This article is really interesting. It talks about six ways that AI can be related to DAOs. I'm just going to go ahead and read these for you. Okay, AI bots and assistants can boost productivity in DAOs and improve their products and services. AI at the edge of the DAO, AI can act as token holders. AI in the center of the DAO, uh, interacting with the core contracts. AI connectors within or between DAOs, forming a kind of swarm intelligence. DAOs can govern AI as a public good, increasing AI safety. And AI can become DAO, where an AI owns a treasury on chain. One of the reasons I chose this article, in addition to it simply being interesting, is that we've been hearing a lot about AI in the news and mainstream media because of ChatGPT and Dolly and, and other tools that have come out recently that are just blowing people's minds. And I must admit, my mind has been blown as well. I went to OpenAI, I, I opened up ChatGPT, it's free to use, and asked a question of DAOs. 
I ask the questions even about things that are very esoteric to my DAO, to the business that I'm in, like writing an operating agreement for a DAO and why it's different from writing an operating agreement for a traditional company. I asked the AI questions and it gave these incredibly intelligent answers that just, I, I was just, my mind was blown. Like answers that like Samantha could have written. Um, really, really impressive. So it's one reason I chose the article, but what's relevant about this for people starting DAOs, I think, um, you know, yeah, first of all, all the ways that AI can connect with DAOs and also the idea of an AI becoming a DAO, I want to dig into a little bit more because I do think that's one of these exciting long-term visions that a lot of people involved in crypto have, which is now that you can have software that runs autonomously as its own jury, you can have like a fully autonomous organization where there's no people involved, like a drone that pays for its own repairs and its own like charging or fuel or an Uber, an automated Uber that owns itself and like collects money from passengers and pays for its own uh, maintenance. So it's, it's this really exciting vision that I think is a little bit further down the road, but still interesting. So anyways, let me stop there. Jakob, what do you think about this article? What, what stood out to you? I'm not proficient enough in artificial intelligence to really determine like, do we see general AI coming soon enough to where it would be able to like swarm and collectively decide on becoming a DAO itself and, and what the implications of that could mean. I just don't know enough about it. Um, but I think on the leveraging side, that's really exciting. One thing that we've noticed within Pando is just, you know, there is still a decent amount of work that needs to be done um, for voting, writing proposals, making sure you're in line with everything, uh, making sure you're researching and trying to learn and how to have a better um, process and operation. Having a bot that you could, you know, interact with, with like ChatGPT and, and communicate and say, hey, what are the best uh, proposals out there? Can you go find four templates and pull them here? Um, could you draft a, a template for proposal based on these three um, uploads that are going to be around, you know, launching a fund or, or voting on expanding the criteria of who can join the DAO? That, I think, is really impressive and possible from what we've seen. I, I think that that is the exciting thing that, isn't as sexy, but like moves the needle dramatically because the majority of people that I, I see that are in DAOs, you know, have a lot going on. They're usually like either running another company, uh, maybe in multiple DAOs and to have everyone come along the way DAOs are designed. So everyone has some input. It does slow the process down. Um, and it would really be exciting to see some, some use cases here that have been tested um, and, you know, Learn, learn from those things and, and grow. Whatever helps people kind of get the most out of their experience in the best way is really exciting to me. Awesome. All right. The next article is actually a tweet. This one is from Miles Jennings, who's a leading uh, lawyer in the US-based lawyer in the DAO space. And the tweet is, today we published part three of the A16Z Crypto Regulate Web3 Apps Not Protocols series to complete the foundation of our framework and to address a significant loophole, DAOs. So this is interesting. This tweet thread uh, goes on to explain. And uh, one thing I've learned about Miles Jennings and David Kerr, who are these two leading lawyers that are writing uh, academic level papers about DAOs and, and legal frameworks and legal issues, is they're really thinking about protocols. So they're thinking about like the HTTPs and the IP of the future. So things like actual actual blockchain layer ones or 
DeFi protocols that people are using to um, trade tokens or other assets. And in these situations, they're asking the question, how do we govern those and how are how should those be regulated? Right. And one of the things I've learned is that's very different from a lot of the DAOs that I work with day to day. These are actually organizations that may be doing something crypto related or they may not be. They just happen to be using the blockchain for its governance and treasury management features. And that's what makes them a DAO. But they're not necessarily a protocol per se. And so I've learned that the legal issues are very different in the case that Miles Jennings and David Kerr are looking at again, which is like, okay, we have a protocol. How do we govern it? Versus a group of people says, we want to do something together and we want to govern that thing together. The loophole that they're trying to point out is basically they're saying, okay, so if you just have a protocol, it doesn't really need to be regulated, right? No no one's controlling it. Um, It's just people can use it or they cannot use it. They're using it with each other, like, like IP, right? No one has to like, no one regulates IP per se. Um, which is internet protocol. It's a part of how the internet works. But take a situation where you have a protocol and now you have a DAO and that DAO is getting paid part of the fees by the protocol. What Miles is arguing is that in that case, that that DAO should be regulated because just like any traditional company that's profiting off of um, something that they control, right? if they govern the protocol and they profit from it, they're incentivized to possibly do things that are, are not going to be good for the world. Right. They might put profit seeking first and do something that harms people and therefore they should be regulated. And then so, so Miles builds this flow chart where he goes into, you know, different situations where DAOs are involved or not involved and how they're involved. And in which cases should those DAOs be regulated and in which cases they shouldn't. And um, certainly coming from my perspective, where DAOs are like businesses or communities or organizations that are run a different way and not always necessarily protocols. Um, they, they usually should be regulated the same way other companies, and I shouldn't say the same way other companies are, but any rule that a company has to follow, like, you know, in terms of not hurting people, not breaking the law, not committing crimes, not committing fraud, DAOs should follow those too. I think that's pretty much a given. I think the question is just, you know, exactly how do you apply that legal framework in a world where DAOs are a little bit different from traditional companies? Uh, what do you think? It's more digestible and comprehensive, in my opinion, when you're making a foundational like framework, when you're saying like, all right, this is how we look at this entire new technology. Here's how it relates to existing laws and prior technology. And then within that, like, here are the pillars of how we're regulating this space. Like if you fall into these pillars or, you know, I, I'm kind of spitballing right now, but when, when you dive head first into like the details without understanding the intention behind the entire framing and wrapping of it i feel like then it becomes um kind of like a ball of yarn like it just can get pulled in into different directions and then you won't be able to retrace it back to the original purpose of why there's regulation here you know at the end of the day when we look at this it's like hey like if i was a government i'd be looking this creates a lot more economic access and economic opportunity like the just the whole invention of web3 and crypto that's what it's like that is fundamentally how i'd be looking at it's like there's there's a, a lot of economic activity here that can happen that can uplift people's positions in life and improve those positions there can also be so many breakthroughs in technology here that allow us to create new inventions that you know provide transparency communication there's a lot that can happen here so that's the good that we can see 
what is the bad that we can see? And like, we've seen it, right? We've seen grift. We've seen people do kind of like, you know, rug pulls, Ponzi schemes, whatever you want to call them, just all things. They're not new. Like all of this has happened before. It's not like we didn't have Bernie Madoff before. So it's not like this is the first time this happened because of this technology. That's not the case. It's just more that as there is more money in the world, as there is more connectivity in the world, as there is more technology in the world, it can allow for things that used to be like small, bad things to be a lot bigger because the velocity at which information travels through and the ability of things to kind of just snowball. <laughs> um, so I, I can see the concern and the, the need for regulation there because then that would actually allow more people to buy in and, and have more trust, which would then force there to be more ethical ways of doing things because then there becomes more competition. It's no longer like the people that are on the tip of the sphere, like front running people that are like, oh, this is the new technology. I'm going to jump in on that. Like right now, there's people making a huge move towards AI. You know, four to six months ago, everyone was in climate. And then like six to nine months ago, everyone was in climate web three, right? Like, and then, you know, nine to 12 months ago, everybody was just in anything web three. So you know, these, these, these things happen and they change and they shift and, you know, you want to create a lot more opportunities. And that's what I think regulators are looking for, but you also don't want it to say like, Hey, let's just move fast. And then if we break things, it's okay. It's like that, that just won't be acceptable when you touch, you know, hundreds of millions of people. Um, and that's what, you know, that's the world that we live in. You can build technology in your home that can, touch hundreds of millions and billions of people that is that is a whole new way that i don't think people have or governments have ever known to regulate so it's, it's, it's just like that we have to take a bigger step back to understand so that's how i think about it yeah good point especially the fact that you can build technology and then just like release it into the world and then it can go operate on its own without an operator right no one is yeah. hosting it on a server and like you know fiddling with the settings, you know, each day, it's just out there, people are using it. So that's very yeah. different, um, different type of thing to regulate. All right, next article is from Coindesk. And the headline is how to turn your community into a DAO. Understanding how a decentralized autonomous organization works is the first step to bringing your existing community into Web3. Okay, I really like this article because I do think one of the really interesting things about DAOs is they're not just for businesses that want to do things in a more decentralized way. They're not just for Web3 protocols that need to be governed. They are for communities of any kind. So like think about like in whatever local area you're in, whatever your interests are, what are some of the communities that you're part of? Maybe, you know, you're part of a religious community. Maybe you're part of the local like softball community or the hockey community, or maybe uh, you're uh, connected to some kind of nonprofit endeavor locally, you know, any of these situations and many, or you're all fans of the same artist, right? All these things put you in community with other people. And traditionally, almost no communities are going to create like, a, a corporation for their community or, or, or any kind of legal association. They're not usually going to open a bank account. It's just too hard. It just doesn't make sense. Like to try to organize everyone in your softball league to like join an, a, a legal association and then have someone like open the bank account and manage the money for everyone. It's just not going to happen, right? Unless you're the company that's like offering the softball league. But with DAOs, suddenly is very easy, free and efficient for any group of people to say, oh, like we're a community, we're interested in the same thing. Let's also just have a DAO. 
And maybe let's pay like a really small amount of money into that DAO, or maybe let's not even involve money, but it, it, it's a way that we can all um, stay in touch and vote on decisions that we might want to make together at some point in the future. And, and I think this is going to be one of the really big applications for DAOs is, you know, situations where today people do not organize themselves in a structured way. They just say, stay loosely associated. In the future with DAOs, people will actually organize themselves in a structured way using a DAO. In Kenya, where I am sitting right now, I live and work in Nairobi, Kenya. There is a thing called SACOs. And when I'm here and people ask me like what a DAO is, I'm just like, it's just a digital SACO. That's what I tell them. I'm like, that's the easiest way for me to explain it. And everyone immediately understands it. And you, you got to look this up. It's really, really cool. I mean, there's different uh, versions of it all over Africa. And the cool thing about a SACO is this, it's a community. It's a, it's a community that pulls funds together. There's like mini buses here. They're like, they're like the equivalent of like public transportation, right? And SACOs can be like, well, certain communities might pool money together um, and then they can earn back from uh, just the fees that, that uh, pretty much that public transport generates. And there's banks that kind of operate in this facility in the space, and it's very prevalent. You'll see it all over these buses that say SACO on them. And it applies to a lot of other communities within Kenya that, that use this form of gathering. And also what's really cool about this is that there is a startup called Quara um, within Pando. And Quara builds financial software for SACOs. Um, and it it's really interesting, um, and I do believe in that. And I think DAOs are an extension of how you can do those different things. Um, I, I think DAOs do ha also have some limiting factors, whereas like SACOs have a lot more accessibility. You don't, you know, there, there's just so many barriers to DAOs just to start because it's Web three, and if you're just not interested in crypto or Web three, or if you think it's all fake or it's a scam then you're just going to completely not even be open to the education side of it. So there are diff there are things that have existed um, and do exist right now that are servicing this. And I think that they do a really, really good job of being uh, radically inclusive. Um, and what, what, is, what is that saying? Uh, necessity is the mother of all innovation. So like these things have happened. They've happened in groups. There's there's different versions of it. I'm Eritrean. There's communities even where people are working towards, you know, constantly creating more capital but it would go to this help someone in your neighborhood like maybe someone loses a job or someone's in trouble with their health and they need some support with the medical bills or whatever the case is um but it is a beautiful way of uh, allowing people to contribute and come together that's cool so how do you spell sako if someone wants to look it up on wikipedia s-a-c-c-o okay Cool. And what's and this? I'm really fascinated by this. So, what's the difference between a SACO and a company? Would someone say is it is it really that a SACO is more community oriented, decentralized power structure? Is that is that really the difference? I, I would say like a, a company is more straightforward in the way that it's operated as like, hey, this is a for profit kind of legal entity that this is what our purpose is, and we're selling this to get this back. Um, and the owners are the directors of the company. Whereas the SACO is using some similar organizational tactics, but it's less of like here, it's less hierarchical in that sense, in my understanding. Um, and there's also more access to have input on, on the decisions. Cool. Sounds good. All right. I'm excited to learn more about SACOs. Uh, turning to the next story, this one is another tweet. It's from uh, John Hillis, which is uh, he's at Jonathan Hillis. And the tweet is, 
A common metaphor for DAO two years has been subreddits with a shared bank account. Subreddits now offer built-in DAO infrastructure. So related to uh, the prior story we just talked about, Reddit has announced a beta where any subreddit can have its own token. Um, the, uh, the, the, the header of, the, of this Reddit announcement is own a piece of your community, earn rewards, encourage quality content, and unlock special features. So I think what we're seeing here is, is another example of, you know, I, I heard people describe DAOs as either a community with a shared bank account or, yes, a subreddit with a shared bank account because a subreddit is like a digital community already where people are already discussing something online, you know, doing things potentially together. And now a Reddit is, is without even using the word DAO, they're basically allowing subreddits to become DAOs. Um, so I think this is, uh, this is really exciting, too. Um, any further thoughts on this one? That tweet is, uh, you know, bringing to light is like, we're getting really, really good at solving the how now, but like the how, sorry, solving the how now. Um, but I, I think we should, you know, make sure that we're also spending equal time in the why. So to just be like, yeah, hey, I got a subreddit and I'm going to launch a token. And then like, we're going to spin this thing out. We're going to get some money on this and then we're going to do that. And then you're just like, wait, wait, wait. Like that's really fast. Like, why does there need to be a DAO? Like, why do you need a token? Like, what are you doing? Like, what's the purpose of this? Like, and and maybe if you if you think about that, then you you're gonna be like, this is. You might even have even more reason and more conviction. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, not every community needs a digital shared bank account, right? Yeah. It, or or a way of voting on stuff. Right. I, I think so, some do and some don't. And there's no reason every community should necessarily do these things. Right. It's just if they have a reason to, if they want to buy something together or invest in something together or make collective decisions where everyone can easily see how everyone has voted on that decision, then, then great. Now, now there's a use case for a DAO and, and maybe a token, but otherwise don't force it. Yeah. All right. Next article is from Medium. It's from Tally's blog. So it's blog.tally.xyz. And the headline is, to DAO or not to DAO, must all metaverses be decentralized? So this article uh, by Cool Horse Girl um, asks the question whether all metaverses be decentralized. And in particular, looks at two metaverses uh, as examples, one is called Walmart Land, which, as you can may, can probably imagine, is a metaverse built by Walmart, and looks at Decentraland, which is a, uh, a a metaverse that is governed by a DAO. We've had one of their founders on, on the show before. Um, it, it, to me, this is actually an easy question to answer. It's almost like because metaverses are like uh, land, right? They're like places that people can hang out or own property or do business. And I think if we look at traditional land, right, like cities, islands, states, countries, at least in the Western world, I think most of us would probably agree it's better to have a democracy than to have a dictatorship, for example. And, and I think that's basically the question we're, we're asking here is like, if you have a virtual piece of land, do you want it to be owned and controlled by one person or company? Or will you be better off if everyone controls it together through this democratic-like form of governance? And to me, the answer is almost always going to be um, that it should be decentralized. I mean, at least if people are going to have an economic interest, if, they're, if this is a meaningful place that they have interest in, then it's probably better if they share some governance rights over it. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's a layout. 
yeah i think that's a easy one easy, yeah okay. yeah <laughs> cool <laughs> sounds good all right um moving on to the next article this one actually is a resource that i found it's called the dow handbook it's at dowhandbook.xyz you can actually buy it as a book from amazon but it's also all available online and uh the author is scott uh, fitzsimmons who's a ted speaker on DAOs and the founder of City DAO, which is one of the early DAOs that um, had some traction. And this handbook goes into so many, um, so many articles about the history of DAOs, different types of DAOs, how the blockchain is involved, a different dictatorship versus democracy, when to avoid using DAOs, governance, mission, constitution, voting, fundraising, tokens, multi-sig, smart contracts, proposals, and the list goes on. So um, I just want to encourage people, if, if you're looking for a good resource to better understand DAOs and what's going on with DAOs, highly recommend check out DAOhandbook.xyz. All right. The last article of the week is another tweet. This one is from Daoism Systems, which is at Daoisms, sorry, Daoism underscore systems. And the tweet is for Ralph Merkel, properly autonomous DAOs are a new form of life that will evolve through extremely intense Darwinian competition and so will presumably obsolete all other forms of governing. Um, Ralph Merkel is uh, the inventor of the Merkel tree, which is a core component to many uh, blockchains and other cryptographic systems. Um, I don't think that's super relevant to this post. Um, what, the, what the person is saying is that DAOs um, are going to go up against all the other types of organization in the world. And eventually, through this Darwinian competition, will we'll win out and make all other forms of organization obsolete. So presumably they're talking about companies and associations and um, nonprofits and foundations. And maybe they're even talking about, um, what was it you talked about, or Suckos? <laughs> yeah, Suckos. This is an a, uh, interesting tweet. I think um, there is something to it, but I think it's also probably going a little bit too far and maybe missing a little bit of nuance when it comes to DAOs. And that nuance to me is that DAOs introduce a new set of capabilities, right? Technological and, and human processes and capabilities that people can use when they're building an organization or managing a community or building a company or whatever. But not every DAO is like leaving all the other traditional capabilities that people used to use to organize things behind and just using these new capabilities and then expecting that these new capabilities will be so much better than the old capabilities that no one will even use the old capabilities anymore. That's not really a model that's going to work. The model that's going to work is to say, okay, great, we have these new capabilities, right? We have tokens, which you can use to represent membership and different types of tokens. We have a voting that you can use to make sure that organizations can do um, instant, free, scalable, global voting. And you know that no one can defraud the election, right? You know that the vote is being counted accurately. And we have treasuries that live on chain that you can control through that governance process so that you have fully transparent use of treasury and direct control over a treasury from a governance process. And all of that is great. But 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 again, the, the key is to combine these new capabilities with 
all the other cool things about organizations, right? Everything from uh, the history of management science that goes back hundreds of years in terms of how do you lead an organization effectively? How do you manage an organization effectively? Even if it's more distributed, right? How, how do you set a, a strategy and a vision and a mission and keep people aligned and motivated, right? How do you do HR? How do you make sure people are happy and not taking advantage of each other? Um, how do you do a training and learning and on, right? There's so many things that, yeah, we may invent new and innovative ways of doing these things, but it's not like we're leaving all the old stuff behind and expecting that just because you have a token, on-chain governance and on-chain treasuries, suddenly we're going to evolve away all the other forms of organization. So certainly very excited about this new form of life. And I agree, by the way, that what's happening with the internet in general, and especially Web3 and especially DAOs, is, does represent a type of evolution in, in life on Earth, right? This is not just a slightly better way of doing business. This is taking humanity to another level in terms of our collective intelligence and, and our collective ability as a species. So it's huge, but I don't see it quite as literally, you know, evolving out other types of, of organizations as this author does. What do you think, Jacob? Yeah, uh, there's, yeah, that doesn't really happen. If you look at the arc of history, that's not really how I think things evolve. Um, they usually kind of mutate and evolve in a, in a way that's like take a little bit here take a little bit there kind of how you're breaking it down yeah i don't, I don't think it's the switch over systems immediately and then completely lose all sense of the other versions of, of everything we've done yep. all right well that does it for the just doubt it uh, news reports um thank you so much yako for joining us for the news record report Please, uh, everyone, make sure to tune in later in the week for a more in-depth interview with Jakob, where we'll learn more about the projects he's working on, lessons learned, and advice for people starting DAOs. In the meantime, though, Jakob, where can people find you and your projects on the web and on social? Um, you can find us at pandodao.com xyz um and also on our twitter handle um we'll be releasing some pretty cool stuff coming up over the next uh weeks um fingers crossed we get it uh done maybe soon enough to coincide with some of these uh episodes that you're going to be releasing but if not uh yeah you can come come see us from twitter and you can see us on our website Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at 0xThriller. MyDAO is at MyDAODS. That's M-I-D-A-O-D-S or MyDAO.org. And for the audience, are you thinking about starting a DAO? Just DAO it. Just DAO it is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Just Dow It does not contain any legal or financial advice. My Dow also does not provide legal or financial advice, and nor does your host, yours truly. <laughs>